As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Four Center 277 Waveform Check is good, and here we go. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ked Napsuck on the Superstar Destroyer of our ship. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm also on the ship. We're standing there together, both with our hands behind our back, right? Uh, yeah, I don't mean to throw you curveballs every week. <laughs> you usually get a pretty good rhythm, but sometimes, uh, you know, you're, you're an improv veteran. You can yes and with the best of them. Here you and I, hands clasped behind back, looking out <laughs> onto the stuff. That's right. Is, do you think the hyperdrive is working on our ship, or are we watching the stars very slowly go past? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's working. I sometimes, it was, was, was it uh bloodline that introduced the blood sickness from space travel? Yes. Okay. And I know that's not just related to hyperspace, right? But, uh, blood burn. After reading yeah. That, yeah. Blood burn. God. So good. Claudia Gray. Uh, after that, I, I look at every jump to hyperspace <laughs> differently. <now. laughs> It is really funny to watch this exciting action adventure series about freedom and then they take off and then they have to go, would that make my tummy hurt? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It's like, um, 
that shot in Last Jedi of Leia having the cup of calf uh, sitting there on the ship when they, they come out of hyperspace when they're pulled out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, jittering away. Yeah, like that would probably be me just sitting there, like oh boy. <laughs> Uh, anyways, and I love flying. I'm not, I don't get airsick, uh, uh, seasick. I don't know too much. Anyways, we're, uh, here. It's the, uh, Star Wars show here for Force Center, the news and cues. Joseph, we're going to have a lot of fun diving into some uh, juicy news, some great questions this week. It's going to be uh, fun. Uh, but before we do that, folks, uh, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or mp3 player joseph star wars or life adventures what have you uh what have you brought to the table today what has your life <laughs> given you? yeah no major uh life updates continue working on all the stuff that i work on uh but yeah this uh, for i guess for life adventures uh my wife and i have this tradition that we really like for the holidays where we set a certain amount of money and then we just go to a mall or shopping district uh, together. And then we set amount of time. It's usually three hours, sometimes four. And then we, we buy our, our holiday presents for one another in one go. And it, it makes it kind of special because it's sort of limited because it's only what's available here. There's a fun spy element of it where we often end up in Barnes and Noble and have to hide from one another. And every year it's like, I saw you in Barnes and Noble, but you didn't see me this year. <laughs> Who had a better spy game? So uh, and we want to be extra careful right now with the virus. So we didn't want to do that, but we wanted to recreate it. So uh, on Saturday, we set an amount of money and we sat uh, at our computers and said, we have two and a half hours. <laughs> the Internet is ours to wander. Uh, and we and we did that and it was great fun. And you, this happens when I'm shopping in person for her as well, but really happened online of like, must not get distracted by shiny things that I want. <laughs> right, right. This is a time to shop for my wife, uh, which I did. I'm not going to talk about uh, what I got her just in case she listens to this episode. Um, but we wrapped up and then I, I had all this built up. Don't click on the action figure tabs. Don't click on the action figure tabs. And I just, I released it all at once. And it was an explosion of looking at action figures. And, you know, there can be... So much, uh, you know, big, thoughtful discussion about Star Wars. Uh, a lot of sometimes uh, online recently, a lot of uh, conflict. We're going to talk about that later in the episode. Uh, and for me, it really helps to just reconnect with uh, a part of my Star Wars joy that is pure. And that is just action figures. <laughs> mm. So I just looked at a bunch of stuff that's coming out, that's going to come out, made a little list for myself of like, Ooh, which ones do I really want? Which ones do I, you know, want to make room for? And in celebration of this most recent episode of The Mandalorian, full spoilers here, um, mm. I, of course, have many Boba Fett action figures, but they are all living in my uh, storage space uh, back in my hometown of Minneapolis. So I decided after all this time I needed a new Boba Fett. So I got myself uh, that Galaxy of Adventures, little action figures that are in tubes that come with little comic books because those are just... Uh, they just grab. They're not the most. I know they're. You know they're only five points of articulation. They're not super collectible. But to me, they they were this brief uh, attempt to really reconnect with kids, and they remind me of being a kid. And I really love them. So I got myself a little tube of Boba Fett uh, as a holiday present. Oh, who doesn't want a good tube of a bounty hunter? <laughs> Just that your doorstep. That's great. That's great. Fred, I love the recreation of the Christmas shopping, uh, the, the holiday spirit alive on the couches there. That's great. Yeah, it was really, really fun. We had some uh, some holiday tunes playing. We had some uh, champagne mixed with cider. It was great. Uh, yeah. 
is a good reminder that you can, you know, uh, adapt your traditions to our strange, strange times. Strange, strange times indeed. Uh, I got nothing exciting. No recreation of shopping traditions here. I am hor- I'm horrible Christmas uh, shopping. Um, the holiday season was always associated with work at the old job. And even though I was at a mall for <laughs> 17 years during the holidays, I'd be so busy. It'd be like December 24th. I'd be like, God damn it. I just couldn't and find I'd- time to get to the mall because I'm too busy <laughs> at the mall. So I'd have to, you know, go home to my folks uh, or a sister and just slap a hundred dollar bill on the table and say, go crazy. Go crazy. Uh, so are you sure uh, you aren't actually an Italian mobster? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The old pit boss name is more real than I'd care to uh, admit. Yeah. And then now I haven't been, you know, working that job for five plus holiday seasons now. And it just, it just, this year, of course, is a bit different, but even years past, doesn't matter. I just forget. I look up. God, it's the 23rd. God bless it. And I have to go. So maybe this year, maybe this year. I got, I got time. I got time. Grace and Chihuahuas will get some gifts. <laughs> yeah, $100 bill for each one. Indeed. And as far as Star Wars adventures, uh, you know, I've been slowly watching Solo um, <laughs> as I've been working out. And then uh, I, I had it on uh, announcements coming soon for, for those that follow any, any of my adventures. Uh, but a new kind of uh, brand, whatever you want to call it, is ready to almost ready to emerge. And, and me and some pals have been building literally uh, wood and nails and hands and knees, uh, building a studio. And we find it's, it looks great. We got carpet laid down. It's very relaxing. It's a home away from home. And the first thing I put on the TV was Solo. Mm. It, happened, it happened to be playing on TNT. So I watched Solo twice this week in two different places. <laughs> That's my film. That's great. Um, Solo's just following you around. Yeah, and I love it. And, and you know, that you know, you post something about that, it's getting, you get a lot of different opinions, so I don't post anything about it. But I, I do love the movie. That's no secret. But the one thing that just keeps just kind of being driven into my brain, I just love the look of it. I love the look and feel of it. And that includes some of the, uh, you know, scenes that are blue and people kind of complain about those too. And I do understand that I did see one of the screenings early on, as I've mentioned before, was dark. Uh, something with the theater settings mm-hmm. weren't, weren't, weren't up. But hey, I don't have to worry about that right now, watching every movie at home. Uh, I can worry about my TV. I've always loved the look, and Bradford Young's cinematography, just uh, just love it. It has the feel of Star Wars that I think I want, that I didn't even know. It's more Empire than anything to me with a little bit of of New Hope tossed in there, and I just love it. So it it was a nice reminder, fun to just kind of organically rediscover that kind of stuff as a star wars fan yeah no i think that's really great to uh reconnect it to empire because there is a lot of lighting that is moody darks with that little bit of light uh peeking through and i think it really does subliminally communicate to you if you're seeing it you know in the theater where, where it's you know illuminated correctly or on your tv with the right settings i think if you're really seeing it the way it was meant to be seen uh, it just kind of reminds you of han's journey of this you know uh this little bit of light uh trying to poke its way out of the darkness yeah, or as if discovered while on the treadmill, watching it um, uh, as it's intended to be uh, on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Bouncing up and down while you're running. <laughs> yes, yeah, squinting at a screen. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's it, though. It's been a good week, busy week. Uh, you know, it is a, a busy season, uh, too. You just, you know, you, whether or not you're traveling or not, just the, the stress level seems to rise during December. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's a very special December. Very special. Fine time to slow down. Uh, we are going to get into the news here. I'd say there's always there's been a good run of just 
what we would call lighter or slower news weeks, no big announcements, no big, but little kind of things that pop up that are really fun. And, and the first one I wanted to toss out there, I wouldn't say we normally do this, Joseph. We don't do a lot of reporting on tweets. <laughs> uh, but uh, this one went around. I, I think I saw it uh, more than before I even saw any articles. And I just think it's a good conversation. Uh, this came out of a, a conversation uh, begun by uh, Liz Shannon Miller, uh, Ryan John to Ryan Johnson. She said, did, uh, did hashtag or did at Ryan Johnson personally title Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, or is that title handed to him? He said it was me. That followed up. Uh, that that caused Adam Lance Garcia, who's great, uh, to follow up. What was the the latest thing you added in the writing process? Don't need to be specific. And Ryan responded, uh, and goes on and on, and finally comes down to this tweet. Briefly for the tree burning scene. Uh, but Luke's relationship. Oh, sorry. This, oh, I miss Ken. You're buried. <laughs> you're forgetting. I, I'm like the guy telling the story at the campfire. It's like, oh, I forgot to say the janitor was murdered. <laughs> Darth Boring tweeted to him. Did you ever consider Anakin's ghost uh, showing up to speak with Luke and or Ray? That's Darth Boring uh, who just sits there and, and rules quietly. <laughs> And then responded briefly for the tree burning scene, but Luke's relationship was with Vader, not really Anakin, which seemed like it would complicate things more than that moment allowed. Yoda felt like the more impactful teacher for that moment. And then, uh, then I, from there I avoid the, avoid the mentions, um, but <laughs> and responses. So this is uh, this is interesting. This is, I think a discussion point. I think you and I um, enjoy the the Yoda sequence, uh, but I, I wanted to play around with the idea of Anakin there there in that scene, or Anakin anywhere else. Uh, so, Joseph, uh, did you number one? Did you follow this tweet thread carefully, <laughs> or did you miss it? Uh, no, I did because I think I saw a Twitter trend or some other like headline that was you know the negative spin on this of you know. Ryan Johnson sure. reveals he knows nothing about uh, Luke and Anakin's relationship. You know, I think I think I probably saw uh, Ryan Johnson has never seen Return of the Jedi. And I've seen so many of those things at this point that I know, you know, those kind of articles almost always come from something like this. Right. I mean, Ryan Johnson uh, couldn't answer a question on Twitter about whether he preferred ham or turkey without it turning into a debate about whether or not he understands Star Wars. Right. So I knew there had to be something at the center of it. So, yeah, I, I thought that it was. I think it's just really interesting uh, to just look at what this is, is is we continue to have these discussions about what is and is not known in Star Wars. Uh, Ryan is a creator who really decides to pull back the curtain and share his process and share what he thought of and why he rejected certain ideas and why he uh, you know ran after certain ideas. There are some things I think that he never reveals and, and he has been very clear about that. You know, he's said... The Last Jedi is a personal film, but he's never gotten into like, hey, it's this thread that really relates to this instant in my life. So he does keep certain some amount of mystery, um, but he's a creator who really likes to share. And like, you know, that's interesting compared to, uh, you know, say um, Favreau and Filoni in particular. Filoni sometimes has said, I don't want to tell you. I know what I think it means, but I don't want to tell you because I want you to wonder. So that all by itself is interesting to me of that that process of when we just let a film be a film and when creators uh, decide to be generous with their their time and their insights like uh, like Ryan Johnson is or choose to be more mysterious, which I think is, is also a legitimate thing uh, for the actual content of this. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really great and interesting to know that that continues to be what what Ryan Johnson wants to share is like. I thought through all of the different options and I really thought that this was the most impactful. And I agree with him. 
in in this case for sure. Yeah, and the, and, the, and I love again what he actually said here. There's a lot, uh, you know, uh, which seemed like it would complicate things more than that moment allowed. Not the movie, not another moment, not another script uh, point that could, you know, a scene that could have been written. Uh, just that moment, the one with the tree and the burning, and Yoda felt like the more impactful teacher for that moment. I I I agree with that. Just in principle, across the board, my topic sentence for the discussion. I, I agree with that. Um, I, I I think there's a potential place for Anakin in not just Last Jedi, but any of these stories. And we got his voice in Rise of Skywalker. It, it it I think that could have made sense. But I think what Ryan is saying is 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 true from a certain point of view. <laughs> um, do you do you agree with the notion then, Joseph, or or we don't need it. It doesn't need to be completely yes or no. <laughs> um, the idea of, of Luke's relationship being more with Vader than Anakin from what we know um, at that point, but also on the big screen. Yeah, no, I, I under, I understand why people, you know, took some amount of umbrage of that because yes, the end of return of the Jedi and really all of return of the Jedi is Luke having faith that Anakin still exists within Vader. But I think, right. but I would argue that from a certain point of view, that means our, the audience's relationship with the story that we've seen on screen is Luke interacting with Vader with the belief that Anakin is still there and he only gets to interact with Anakin uh, very briefly. So I think what's key in, in what Ryan Johnson is saying is that with Yoda, there's an established relationship on screen that we, the audience, know and it is putting a button on an existing relationship between Luke and Yoda, whereas having the spirit of Anakin appear to Luke would be starting an entirely new conversation that we haven't seen on screen. We know that Luke has a relationship with the idea of who Anakin is, but we don't know what they've communicated about when Anakin may or may not have visited Luke. We know that in you know the, the Secrets of the Jedi <laughs> book, mm-hmm. which I like very much, it says yep. that can be canon adjacent. It says that Luke and Anakin uh, you know, bonded uh, and, and uh, talked from beyond the nether that Anakin visited and communed with Luke in some way. But, you know, so great. We know that in canon now. But in 2017, Anakin showing up would have been opening up a new conversation. And yeah. whereas the conversation with Yoda was closing it. And uh, I, I, I have some thoughts about the nature of the conversation and what was at stake for Luke in that moment. What was at stake uh, in the film? But I want to I want to pause and, and see what you think about the the Luke versus Anakin being there thing. Um, I first of all, hundred percent agree. Just uh, you got to you know streamline some of these ideas, and you got the bigger Star Wars. It's not about connecting or not connecting to lore that's already established or characters. It's just it'd be hard. You'd be, it's like starting a new email thread, right. Or a new text, text thread, right. with a friend. like, Hey, we, we've been talking over here and I think you could have made it work. I'm sure Ryan and Rom and his entire team could have, there could have been some dialogue or could have been something that might've worked, but it just, it would have been one layer of, of complication that I, I just don't think you, you needed when you got this beautiful moment between Luke and his teacher and Anakin or Vader or ghost Anakin was never Luke's teacher. Uh, later on, we can now, and I want, I want to talk about what they, you know, will we want to see that conversation or those conversations, but I think it works for me. And, and there's something about the scene too, for me. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, just, I see if Yoda and Luke becomes more about Luke, number one, and, and his relationship to Yoda and the force and everything, but 
Ray, and and where Anakin might have been more about Kylo, and I just don't want to take that away from Ray at all about the uh, kind of flowing everything, kind of flowing towards Ray being um, the one that's important for for Luke right now. Not that Kylo isn't, not there isn't words or conversations about it. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I just, it flows nicely into her story for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think what Yoda ends up resolving is Luke is definitely upset that he lost Ben to the dark side, but what he is focusing on is this is a pattern. Um, Yoda lost Dooku, uh, you know, Obi-Wan lost my father. I lost Ben. Maybe this just means that anytime we train someone really powerful, we're, we're just training someone who might turn into just a weapon of, you know, destruction. Right. And, and I can't, I, I Luke can't bring myself to, to physically stop him. Even, even that passing thought actually solidified his path to the darkness. So maybe this whole Jedi order, this whole idea is just, you know, impossible. Maybe it is inherently flawed. And I think by Yoda showing up, it centers that that is is Luke's primary uh, emotional issue. He's trying to decide whether or not to burn down the tree and end the Jedi Order. He's trying to decide, you know, whether or not he should ever train someone like Rey again. And I think Yoda is centered on those issues because he is a symbol of the Jedi Order. This scene becomes not just about Luke. It, to me, it is a resolution of Yoda saying, hey, look, I'm uh, appearing to you to say all masters make mistakes and you need to forgive yourself for mistakes and move forward. Because remember, masters can learn from their students. You know, Luke, the way I learned from you, the way I wasn't sure if there was a path forward. And then you came and showed me that, yes, there actually is. That's what you need to do for Ray. So it was a resolution to me of Yoda's mistakes in the prequels. It was a resolution of Yoda and Luke's relationship in Empire Strikes Back. And it was centered on this question of whether or not the Jedi can move forward and how. Now, I feel like if Anakin appeared, it would be weird if it wasn't about anything but the danger of Skywalker's falling to the dark side. And I don't feel like that's what the conversation was about. The conversation was about how can the Jedi Order continue how can we forgive ourselves for our, our mistakes to move forward and yeah maybe Anakin could have spoken to that but I totally agree with you I think it would have tilted so quickly into you know how how do you stop you know from falling yeah. to the dark side in particular which I think is really interesting really valuable and I'd love to hear that conversation but I think it would yeah. have become much more about is Luke afraid that Ray is going to fall to the dark side is Luke looking for an answer as to how to reach Ben. And I don't think that's what Luke or the film were dealing with in that moment. Yeah. Or I think in the end, the series, right. I mean, it goes back to force awakens. It's, it's gotta be Han and, 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 and even, even beyond uh, Luke. So not that Anakin couldn't show up and talk about Ray, right. You know, <laughs> we're not saying that it just naturally, uh, you know, if you got, if you got, Anakin in front of you, the insight might be like, you fell. Why did Ben fall? Maybe, maybe this is a conversation they had three years ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, six, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think maybe an interesting conversation in that moment would have been Anakin saying, you know, I fell and it was my choice and I made a mistake, but the only person who could get through to me is, is 
you, someone that, you know, I saw in a different light. Obi-Wan was right, but he could never get through to me because I blamed him, you know, and and I'm I'm sorry to say, son, but you're never going to get through to Ben. But maybe Ray can. Maybe you should help her. Like I could see that angle. But mm-hmm. again, it, it just it opens all of these really interesting ideas that aren't it, it, that aren't entirely uh, tied to what else is going on in Last Jedi. And mm. I think this is a thing that I think about a lot is, you know, I think we can all as Star Wars fans have have our opinions, have our what ifs, have our I, I wish the f- film had done this. But I think an important thing to recognize is just always that there are only so many ideas you can you can deal with in a certain film. And, and I, I think it's fine if you said like, hey, I think the whole Last Jedi should have been focused on how to, you, you know, how Ray and Luke can save Ben. Like, that's fine. But that's not entirely what that film was about. It made a choice to be about wrestling with the Jedi order in and how to how to uh, fall down and pick yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, that whole failure thing. I, I love what you said of connecting it to, it's not just connecting it, it's part of Yoda's journey as well. Um, and, and and if not connecting to lore on paper, it's connecting to thematic lore. Yeah. <laughs> add, add, add that to emotional cam, canon and thematic lore, things I'm interested in in Star Wars as well. And it answers, it answers some of those things about Yoda and everything he went through. I like that you brought that up. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, he uses like, you know, very, very close to, you know, similar words of, you know, I guess they're not exactly similar words, but I, I always pick up the spirit on it of like, he, he, I just think it's so beautiful that Yoda lectured uh, Luke and was so hard on him of like, you need the most serious mind, you know? And then he's like coming back to him all these years later and he's like, you did it. You did exactly what I said. You, you're powerful. You're an absolute master. Uh, but also <laughs> you need to, you know, allow yourself mistakes and learn from them. Like, Hey, I did is a really beautiful message. Yeah, it is. Uh, again, the idea of Anakin showing up in this scene or any other scene, force ghost Anakin with Hayden, uh, in the shimmer is something I, I, I would have been interested in seeing. I do love that we could hear his voice. That was pretty cool for me. And, and, and exclaiming that there was balance uh, and, and bring it back, right? Just like I had. Uh, so um, what about uh, Anakin showing up here, there, or anywhere, Joseph? Uh, w- would you have liked to have seen it? And what would you have potentially really liked about that and, and how they could have used it and maybe disliked it? Yeah, I would love to see it at some point in some Luke storytelling, possibly some uh, Ben Solo storytelling. Uh, I think the fascinating thing to me about the four spirits are that they are truly the, these mentors who are, you know, they, they exist on such a different plane, such a different level of reality, and they tend to appear when characters need them emotionally the most, and they appear to give advice to help you choose your path. They don't do things for you. And I think that's a really interesting story point for Anakin of like, when does he choose to appear to Luke, uh, to what are what is Luke's need? Why would he appear? You know, uh, is yeah. is at what point in Luke's sort of reconstituting of the Jedi Order? Like, I think it would be great if like Luke, he's been bopping around the galaxy forever, you know, doing exactly what Yoda told him, having the most serious mind, learning everything there is to know about the Jedi, collecting every artifact, basically being like this, you know, all powerful librarian, and you know, getting an uh, eight hundred PhDs in Jedi, and then he's gotta just commit to it and actually do it and start the this new school 
And I would, I think either when he started the school or when he first started uh, training Ben and had doubts and fears, if Anakin, uh, uh, you know, appeared to him then, and it really could be a conversation about how did, how did I fall? How much was the Jedi order, you know, responsible for that? How much it was my choice? And what do you choose? You know, I I think that's the thing is when, whenever Anakin appears, we've got this instinct to be like, why wouldn't we want just basically like, you know, the the eight hour podcast of Anakin Skywalker saying what, how he feels about his fall. Right. But to me, in the spirit of four spirits, he's only going to appear to help someone else. That's part of how you become a four spirit is because right. you selflessly want to help others. So he's only going to appear to Luke if it is to help Luke in a moment of need. Yeah, and the, the idea of uh, <laughs> hey, let me let me help you set your curriculum for your new school, son, um, could work. Uh, um, and, and and a lot of it's just you know we don't see Luke in that kind of action in the sequel trilogy for better or worse. Some people think worse. I understand it. I, I you know there's uh, you know igniting the green was an exciting idea. Um, so yeah, l- l- it's a different kind of need that Luke has in the f- films we got than maybe what could have been out there. Yeah. You know. And I, I can see the desire to have Anakin appear to Ben because it is so about the path of a Skywalker uh, falling to the dark side. Uh, but I do prefer the sequel choice to make that connection about uh, his father, Han, and his mother, Leia, um, and his relationship with Rey than making it about uh, Anakin. But I also, you know, I think you could. it's fine to have headcanon when, when Kylo's saying, I feel it, the pull to the light, like... Kylo's mm-hmm. mind is, we know, full of Palpatine whispering to him in, in many different voices, you know, and much like we heard Qui-Gon shout, no, is Anakin mm-hmm. kind of trying to reach Kylo, but Kylo is not in a place to have yeah. like the full pure Anakin Skywalker appear shimmering before him and saying, hey, kid, don't do this. You know, is, is yeah. Kylo not in a place? And is that some of that pull to the light Anakin trying mm-hmm. to connect? That could have worked. And you mentioned something I actually have grown to, I, I think, really like, and that is the idea that Palpatine was the voices, right, inside his head. Inside your head. I, 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 I'm even in the theater first time, I was like, okay, you know, that's a quick and easy answer. And it is. It's a quick and easy answer. But the more I've kind of ruminated on it, the idea that fanboy Ben, Kylo, which is, you know, you know, in a way is what he was positioned at early on, just worshiping his grandfather. I like that it was all a lie. It it, it ended up being more powerful than me. Then even I would have said, Hey, you show, have Anakin show up and be like, Hey, let me tell you the truth about who I was. But that takes away what you said, takes away the connection from Han, Leia, Ray, which is part of the story. Again, you got to streamline some of these stories and, and emotional through lines in these movies. You don't have, you know, you, that's the benefit of maybe a longer TV show. I get that idea. You don't. You got a movie. You got to streamline. And I think it's more powerful the way, I, to me, it just was like, you fell for a lie. You worshipped a lie. You wanted to be a lie. And you kind of know you're a lie. That's been your one of your weaknesses. Uh, Ray pointed that out early on. So, anyways, I, I could have been Anakin there, but it could have taken, it would have just changed some of that for me. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, my final thought is, yes, there's great value in Anakin's spirit showing up, but I'm really okay with waiting for the right story where it really makes mm-hmm. sense and it's room for that to be the focus. Final question. Do You, you said, you you know, you maybe you wouldn't want to see that. You kind of went down a, a way that I thought, let's do a Disney Plus short film, 30, 35 minutes, <laughs> uh, 
just uh, Luke at a campfire <laughs> and Anakin appears and it's the first time. And uh, we, uh, let me tell you what happened, son. All right. Let's just, just, just my conversation with Anakin, a short film. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love that. And, you know, I would love a little animated uh, short that is maybe Anakin uh, appears to both Luke and Kylo as they, begin their journey or as they have a difficult moment and he's he's trying to make it work from beyond the grave trying to make it work uh speaking of uh they are making it work man the high republic joseph were you ready for this i'm trying to be there so much there's so much there's a comic cover released today it's got yoda in action oh man But the Star Wars, the High Republic, the rising storm was announced. Now, this is going to be coming later on. Date of release, July 6, 2021. Kevin Scott, he's been writing a lot of great Star Wars stuff the last few years. He's penned the next adult novel, not giggity, just older reading level, in the forthcoming High Republic series. It's going to be called The Rising Storm, like I said. This is not a direct sequel to Charles Soule, Light of the Jedi, uh, but continues the story of this era. We kind of understand that. And we'll find the Nile taking the... I'm quoting here, the reign of terror to the next level. Great cover. Jedi Council member Stellan Geos. We know a lot about him. We've seen his lightsaber in the lightsaber collection book. His Padawan Bell Zedifar will be joined by Saber for Hire, Ty Yorick, who Scott created for the series. Yorick is a Force-sensitive monster hunter with a mysterious past. All right, Joseph, number one, there's a lot of mysterious pasts in the High Republic so far. <laughs> So what do you think about that? And what do you think about this saber for hire idea? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, mysterious pasts are a great way to say, uh, I want to tease you, but I do not want to tell you the plot of the book. So please, mysterious past is a much more exciting way to say, please just buy the book. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But saber for hire, uh, well, well teased, uh, I would say. Mm. I've been thinking about this uh, a decent amount, the sort of, factions in star wars uh that's the way we kind of uh divided them up i think when we were kids almost to play with them you know original trilogy era it was like it was the uh the rebellion and the empire and then the bounty hunters but you know as star wars expands we learn more and more factions and mandalorian is even kind of dealing with it i think this week of like what is your label is and does that define what you do uh so that's where my mind was when i read this of like i think this is kevin scott trying to meld a little bit of like, what if a Jedi was, you know, still a Jedi, but a little bit of a hunter, not a bounty hunter, but like that was their specific task, not a seeker to find young Jedi, but a, a hunter of monsters. Like that's juicy. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. It, it, it's shows me that this landscape of, of the high Republic is going to be uh, full of uh, interesting different ideas that I, I wouldn't have thought. Again, that's why I'm not writing for it. So. It's a very sellsword idea. If you're going like fantasy, medieval fantasy, uh, outlaw, not quite bounty hunter, like you said, but just kind of a outlaw on on the fringe character from a Western or something, just a gunslinger traveling through town, but he'll join the posse if you need help. So it's a lot of kind of those big themes, but it just, it's just, it's just interesting to me. The monster hunter idea uh, we've already kind of established that's going to be something they probably need with one of the, what's that name of that one enemy that, uh, not the Nile. It's the oh, other yeah, ones. the plants. Plant yes. Yeah. <laughs> Monstrous plants. So I could sync up there as well. I don't know. It's just interesting. Ty York, a good name. It's a good Star Wars name. I like that. And uh, uh, I'm excited about this kind of stuff. And, and the High Republic it just continues for me. It's it's a little daunting with all that we're about to to read or have to read, um, but I'm excited to uh, to know that the the this is going to be the world I know, but 
very, very different as promised. Yeah. It's intriguing. Yeah, no, extremely intriguing. I think I, I am, I'm curious to see if it goes this way, too. If the if the High Republic is uh, successfully telling the story of um, the uh, the Jedi being in a better place, to me that would mean that they are a little bit more flexible because one of their failures in the prequel era is the uh, rigidity, right? Uh, right? So that idea of, like, if this Jedi is just like, I think this is my path. I think there are, you know, threats to the galaxy out there and I want to I want to be a hunter of these, you know, what whatever monsters are uh mm-hmm. that the Jedi would be like, cool, follow your path. <laughs> you know, might there'd be a way yeah. to show their uh their strength that they can bend. Uh the Drenger, and I looked him up or Drenger. Drenger. Drenger Drenger. Uh and I'm so curious how they define monsters. That's such a great like yes fantasy and like normally we'd be like yeah like a, a mythic thing like a star wars version of a cyclops or whatever but also just like uh, it, uh is that not just a large alien what's a monster <laughs> right yeah could it, is it just a rancors uh, you know or, or going through the galaxy for and and then why are you hunting them what have they done for you it's uh, you know you're gonna go knock that mud horn upside its head and it's just resting in a cave how dare you i don't know good conversations to have I love it. And he's got a blade. He's got a lightsaber in the, in, in, on the cover. And that's, that's you kind of touched upon it there. Like, how did he get that? Force sensitive. We understand. Did he do training? Did he uh, pick one up at the gift shop? Uh, did he go get his own kyber crystal? And the Jedi are like, yeah, you're good. I I, I don't know. And I want, I want to know. Yeah. And is it a he or a she in the description? Uh, uh, let me check. Let me double check. I thought I read that. Oh. Yeah, maybe I misread. I'm not sure, but or maybe that's part of the mysterious past that we don't actually know. Um, but yeah, the, 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 while you're looking it up, I'll, I'll just say the uh, the monster thing kind of is. It's, oh, you're right. No, no, I did. I her her. I missed that part. Ooh, okay, cool. Her totally missed that part. Yeah, yeah. And force okay. sensitive monster, so maybe maybe not a full Jedi. Maybe uh, went her own way because. Maybe she was yeah. trained and then it was like, no, this is my path. And they're like, cool, that's fine. But you're not a Jedi. So maybe they're not as flexible <laughs> yeah. as I thought. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Good eye. Good eye, Joseph. Good eye. Uh, I Save the- I try. I make, my um, eyes make plenty of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot, a lot of words flash from my eyes these days. Uh, well, the, uh, nothing changes the way I feel about that character then. Um, still, interesting uh, interesting idea, and uh, the spinoff story is not necessarily, you know, full on books and everything, but the where you can go with all these characters. I don't know the High Republic. I was I was dubious. I was dubious at first. Now I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I just have to set aside some weeks and weeks for reading. Yes, <laughs> that's all. We just need more time. Besides that, we're very excited. Uh, speaking of excited, Lucasfilm, man, are you excited for this? 50-year anniversary celebration, 50 years of Lucasfilm. That is a number that's actually kind of, um, well, it means I'm old, too. Uh, Lucasfilm established in 1971, uh, and this is the 50th year. So in 2021, there'll be a new line of commemorative special edition products. Now, this will include brand new products, just products. So get your Lucasfilm toothpaste, I guess. (laughs) Games. And publishing offerings, which is exciting. Maybe some good behind-the-scenes stuff or, or picture books. Uh, I don't know. Good coffee table books. Um, so, Joseph, I asked you the question uh, here first. Uh, what do we uh, want to help celebrate 50 years of Lucasfilm? What products and games and publishing offerings do you want? Yeah, I mean, the the products is, a, that's really interesting to think what all that would be. Uh, the honest thing that I want is a Disney Plus 
documentary, like a real good documentary focusing on Lucasfilm. So uh, I think it's a great way to celebrate, you know, obviously we're a Star Wars podcast, Lucasfilm's you know, kind of associated with Star Wars, uh, but they've done other things creatively, but more importantly, you know, technologically. And I think a documentary would be a great way to say, yeah, absolutely, Star Wars, but look at all the different ways this company and these innovations have affected all these different areas of entertainment and of the world. I think that would be uh, the product in some ways that I would be most excited about. It's like, tell, we've got great documentaries about Star Wars, but I would love a documentary about Lucasfilm. 100%. 100% on board with that because Empire Dreams, for example, great documentary, mostly on Star Wars, touches on, you know, Lucasfilm creates LucasArts and this and that, sells Pixar. And it, you know, it, it's not, that's not a documentary about that stuff. To get that and to see what they did with the Imagineering series on Disney Plus, I loved that. Really did love that. If you could do that um, with Lucasfilm, uh, that'd be fantastic. Going back to the beginning, it's a fascinating story. Uh, Chris Taylor touches upon it a little bit in his book. Um, and, and I, I think there's a lot out there that we've got, but to put it in one place, it's like the Beatles anthology, Joseph, 25 years ago <laughs> this year, um, of just the official story, put it down. Uh, that'd be fantastic. For yeah. Me. All right. Yeah. We're, we're in agreement on that. Uh, what else do you want? Yeah. I, well, I, maybe, uh, I think some announcements about new, uh, Lucasfilm things. I, I, you know, I know Willow is coming up, but I think, I think a celebration of the anniversary of Lucasfilm is a really great way to honestly just kind of do some, uh, a, a year long press release about, Hey, remember the company still exists. It's not just that star Wars continued, but what was Lucasfilm, you know, beyond star Wars and what might it be in the future? I think I want anything product wise, you know, documentary wise, that's going to connect the, the past to the future and maybe get people excited about um, about Lucasfilm doing some different things. Because I think a part of the Lucasfilm story that gets lost is, uh, you know, Lucas did some things creatively, but also some things as a producer. And, you know, so it's a wide and weird variety of things that Lucasfilm sort of made. And could that set the table for Lucasfilm is going to continue being Star Wars and, hey, Willow and Indiana Jones. Uh, but maybe this little thread of, Lucas as the uh, auteur who wants to make weird, different passion projects. Like I feel like our industry needs that right now. It, it, as much as I love Star Wars and MCU, I feel like it does need, we do need room for new legends to grow. So anything in this celebration that could sort of seed the idea that Lucasfilm is Star Wars and always will be, but also it could be this place to grow new legends. But Joseph, do you basically just want Radio Land Murders too? Is that is that what I'm? <laughs> That's here? really what I'm saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want all Howard the Duck products, I guess. I yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do want to, because I think, uh, you know, those ventures of of Lucas that didn't knock it out of the park, <laughs> the yeah. way Star Wars and Indiana Jones do did, are important to look at. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, it's just, it's too easy just to look at Lucasfilm as the Star Wars company, of course. I mean, it, why wouldn't you? Uh, but it seems at times even George wants to remind everybody. Yeah, <laughs> not just Star Wars thing. Uh, which is some we're gonna talk about here in a second here. Though I, the, the, one thing about this announcement, uh, uh, just the fifty years of Lucasfilm and games. Do we get a um, 
go picture Lucasfilm game? Like what, what do you get? Oh yeah. I mean, I would love that. That would be a fun, like, um, make star Wars sim. It's kind of what everybody wants anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. Here's your budget. Go make them. Here's your budget. Yeah. You got to convince, uh, this person and you got to convince, you know, Alan Ladd at <laughs> 20th century yeah. Fox and like, Oh no, Al, we accidentally locked down Ladd in a room and he ran out of oxygen and like in the, you do in the Sims. Um, <laughs> That's a terrible image. Uh, I apologize. Terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. Uh, but I do think there there would be something fun in that of you know that the actual uh, problems that Lucas confronted starting this of he was definitely making something that ended up being this uh, big popular pop culture sensation, but it was coming from a, a nobody else believes in space fantasy. They all think it's childish and dumb, and they think the name Star Wars by itself is an embarrassment. So how do I make this? Uh, it, trying to like play a game of that would be fun. Uh, I'm, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. A space fantasy tycoon, the game. Uh, make it happen. Uh, so you mentioned uh, stuff about George there. This kind of uh, also came up this week. I'm going to kind of roll it into this. Uh, Paul Duncan's got the Star Wars Archives episode so one through three, which includes the special editions coming out. Uh, you can watch his unboxing video. Go to his YouTube channel. He he wants you to watch it. And I did watch it. Actually, he's interesting. I, I like uh, Paul Duncan. Seems like a good chap who put a lot of work into this book. And there's a little extract, as uh, he said in his tweet here, that came out uh, that talked about George... And why he, in, in the end, did walk away. I'll read this one line, Joseph, we can dive in here. In 2012, I was 69. So the question was, am I going to keep doing this for the rest of my life? Do I want to go through this again? Finally, I decided I'd rather raise my daughter and enjoy life for a while. I'm one of those micromanager guys, and I can't help it. So I figured I would forego that, enjoy what I had, and I was looking forward to raising my daughter. That... Um, is uh, part of uh, the reason he sold, even though he had uh, taken some steps down the path towards doing the uh, seven, eight, and nine as uh, he wanted. So we know a lot of the story. We've heard a lot of uh, what we think is the story, but what do you think about this little uh, piece here and what will be a very great read? Yeah, I think it's uh, just great that Paul Duncan clearly has uh, built a relationship with Lucas where he was able to get this really uh, interesting conversation uh, with Lucas. And I can't wait to see what other, uh, you know, interviews are in this big Tashin book. Um, but I, I think it's it's great to hear from Lucas now a couple of years removed. The, you know, the sequel trilogy is complete. And I think it's, you know, it's great to say, hear him say that, hey, I wanted to raise my daughter. I also wanted to build this museum, which, you know, he finally mm -hmm. is. Uh, you know, it's still moving along. The Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts, which I'm excited to be able to go to eventually. Um, but I just really, I appreciate, uh, I think this is Lucas sounding very, very honest. I, I love that he talks about I, you know, I could have not sold Lucasfilm and gotten somebody to run the productions, he says, but that isn't retiring. And he kind of goes on to say, I tried that with Empire and Return of the Jedi, but I'm a micromanager. And even though they were my friends and they did great work, I was there every day approving designs and saying, actually, move the camera over here and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. I think that honesty is just, just great. And this quote toward the end where he says, you know, it was very, very painful uh, to let Star Wars go. Uh, but I needed to make that choice for my life. There, there's a power in hearing a creator who has told us this morality tale where a big part of it is you have to let yeah. go. You have to let the next generation, uh, you know, take the reins. That is the natural order of things. 
that it's pretty powerful for him to go like, yeah, I didn't want to do what I what my movies tell you to do. <laughs> it was real painful, but I knew I had to do it, so I did. It, it's it's it is it is the core of what's in sequel trilogy, right? And and I think the George is. Um... I think that was a tough, painful decision, like you said, but the right decision, which doesn't mean I don't want to read those darn treatments or wouldn't have been first in line to see his movies, of course. But I think for Star Wars, where it is now, where we're, you know, if you love The Mandalorian, I don't know if that happens if George holds on to it. What do you want to do? Of course, he wanted to do a TV show, live action TV show years ago. He did The Clone Wars. But who knows? It might have been too much if it's all just coming out of uh, his flannel. <laughs> Uh, even though he got other people around him, it, 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 you know, it, it, part of what I think. But yeah, it's a, it, it's him being a Jedi here and letting go. Only the Sith hold on. Um, I do, you know, he does express that. Hey, I, I thought I'd have a, you know, a little more uh, involvement, or a little more to say about it uh, because uh, I already started them. Them being the new trilogy, but they decided uh, wanting they want to do something else. We've heard that story before, uh, and 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 he probably has a right to feel a little betrayed. I, I I wouldn't take that away from him, but you don't want to live in that energy either. And he seems to have uh, let that go as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, Iger book that came out a little while back, you know, Iger does seem to take some responsibility for that of like, yeah, I wanted him on as a creative advisor, but I didn't want him to have final say. So I was yeah. kind of trying to have my cake and eat it too. And maybe there is some uh, communication uh, drop there, but yeah, I, I think, I definitely someday want to read uh, those Lucas treatments and see exactly what they were when he handed them uh, to Disney and how much is similar and how much is different. But, you know, Clone Wars is one of my favorite uh, bits of Star Wars because I think it was Lucas driving and Filoni and many other people executing. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, if he wanted it to be something that died with him or ended with him, uh, you know, fair enough. But since he did choose to pass it on, I do think there is a power in saying, you know, uh, you, you just, all you, you know, new creators run with it. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. There's a power in letting it go. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I can't wait for the, get a hold of this book. Going to be a lot of cool things. Uh, the first one's a great read too. a hard read. You got to really get clear some space <laughs> physically, <laughs> emotionally. Pillow. Yeah. I'm telling you, I use that Star Wars archive book to drain tofu. It's the best thing for it. Paper towels, some cookie sheets, and you put the book on it, squishes all the water out. <laughs> there you go. Some deep truths about George Lucas's perspective on the prequels and the sequels, and also you can squish your tofu. It is uh, truly uh, a floor wax and a dessert topping all in one. <laughs> Uh, final thing, yeah, you kind of touch upon it too as well, Joseph, about uh, this is going around on Deadline this morning. Uh, we uh, wanted to touch on it here. Bigger article on the state of the industry, a lot of conversations uh, with uh, Warner Brothers saying, cool, HBO Max and theaters, we're doing it all here going forward, and the game is changing. A lot of uh, intelligent think pieces and rants. I don't have any takes on any of that, but on Thursday, this article on Deadline um, just kind of mentions that uh, December 10th, uh, Disney will be announcing its upcoming slate. Uh, that includes things that will be TV as well as theatrical. Seems along the same lines as the HBO Max Warner Brothers plan. And they say there will be projects from Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Pixar. So, Joseph, that doesn't necessarily mean Star Wars, as you and I have just discussed. But, uh, you know, without a doubt, we uh, could be anticipating that. So, uh, there you go. What is your predictions, Joseph? I want 12. 
Uh, 12, easy, because there are about 12 projects, right? No, I, I, if there's focusing on 2021 and they are focusing on how are we going to make sure that we're continuing to drive subscribers to Disney Plus because it's our main financial thing going, uh, yeah. versus we also want to be seen as supporting theaters as they more safely open up in different regions that are doing better with the virus, that, you know, it's a, it's a weird and difficult balancing act. So I think a lot of it's going to be about not Star Wars things because it's going to be about what can we get on the theaters in the theaters versus what can we do at Disney Plus or and can we do some of that? Hey, if you're in a region where a theater is safely open, great, you can go see it. But it's also available on Disney Plus. They might, I think, they might, you know, kind of split that uh, for the right. Star Wars stuff. I kind of think if anything is going to be ready to come out in 2021. I think they're just going to date that, you know, I think right. maybe we'll get a confirmation of absolutely third season of Mandalorian is going to be in, you know, November of 2021, or we are firm, we are, you know, firmly Lucasfilm saying, yes, here's the, the shooting dates mm. uh, of Kenobi and Cassidy Andor, or here's the, you know, maybe bad batch can premiere in 2021. I don't know how far along they are in that. So I, I think it's going to be setting dates to projects that we're already aware of. Yeah, uh, we can guarantee you, though, if it's something big and juicy, we want to take a bite. We will do a special Force Center Reacts, all right? If episode 10 is announced, <laughs> we will be back. But for right now, probably just something to keep an eye on, and uh, we'll let you know. We're almost done with the news. We always check on Mando Mondays. Uh, the good uh, digital download, just the Boba Fett character poster. Uh, a lot of people wanted uh, maybe Fennec Shan character poster. Maybe we'll get that down the line. That'd be fun. Something I'd want as well. A lot of pops. Uh, I don't play Fortnite much anymore, but the Mandalorian has joined uh, Fortnite. We got a Moth Gideon pop. Uh, we've got a Mando rocketing into the sky pop. Uh, and more importantly, uh, Joseph, we got, it looks like a, a collectible key from the Disney store with uh, Grogu on it. You, uh, I thought it was a toothbrush, but it's just a key. Do you want a collectible key? Uh, no, I thought it was a toothbrush too. <laughs> I did too. I just looked, literally was going to say, and a tooth. Oh, nope. That's a collectible key. Unlock like clean teeth key. with this Grogu <laughs> key brush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new Mythosar, uh, her universe. We always said, uh, Love checking on uh, Mando Mondays. Just a uh, shop for ourselves here. There you go. Don't do that. Do what Joseph did. Shop for another person before you buy something for yourself. <laughs> uh, speaking of for yourself, we are almost out of here uh, in terms of a break and we'll reset, have your questions on the other side. But we want to do a audiobook recommendation for you, a uh, Star Wars book that we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have? We are still staying in the Mandalorian mood and recommending Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. It is a great read and a really interesting part of the timeline. It is indeed to download that book or any audiobook on us. Uh, download it. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. We'll take a quick break right now. Reset on the other side. We have your questions here on Force Center. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center, the news and cues edition. We have done the news. It's time for the cues. Joseph, step up to the podium. Yeah, the podium is just so lovely. We've got some uh, questions from uh, Twitter and from our patrons on Patreon. First question comes from Twitter and Ian David Hamilton. Ian uh, asks a question that I know is close to your heart, Ken. Ian says, Mm -hmm. I'd love a Disney Plus series, live action or animated, based on pod racing. 
Are there any other in-universe Star Wars sports or Star Wars cultural events, Life Day excluded, that you think could make the basis of a new show? Uh, I would imagine Life Day is being excluded because we just got a Disney Plus uh, one-off show about uh, Life Day. Uh, but yeah, Ken, you've talked a lot about wanting a pod racing video game where you could manage your pod racers. Would you yes. would you like that in show form? Uh, a, a Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I would imagine, like a one-off uh, limited event series uh, about a big pod race? Yeah, I would. I think you could make it happen. Uh, you know, the questions of how do you make it Star Wars in terms of themes and the why of it. And I wouldn't want to lose that. Um, that's big for me as a Star Wars fan now. I think years ago, I'd be like, yeah, just give me a race. I don't care about lessons. Just give me a race and give me the sport <laughs> of it all. And, and that could work too. But I, I am, I'm just, uh, you know, where we are as a, as a four center podcast and, and uh, you know, just diving into these themes with you, Joseph, like I wouldn't want that to be sacrificed ever again. I just wouldn't. And I don't think it would be. Uh, that said, I do um, just love diving on in. So, yeah, I, I've even got some things I'm kicking around. That's all I'll say of just uh, how you could make a pond racing show work. work. Um, and, and I think it's more from a, a documentary side, uh, more approaching it like that than a, than a show. But you could have racers and you could have stories and it doesn't have to be the characters that we know. It could be the history of the Boonty Eve. You could have a Boonty Eve classic from 20 years prior to Force Awakens. Or, excuse me, uh, Phantom Menace or the Force Awakens doesn't matter. Um, that's it. As far as other ones or cultural events, uh, you know, Life Day, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one, right? Uh, you know, the the uh, the signing of the Concordance, the 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 day the galaxy, the the war is really won, and and what what that means, and you know whether it's a show that Empire uh, Aftermath kind of did it, where it's like you kind of going around to everyone experiencing the fall of the Empire. Um, I don't know. That could be something like I, I, I could be up for something like that. Yeah, Rebels did such a good job in in other canon, but I know it was particularly in Rebels of Empire Day, right? That is there yeah, anything like that uh, for the Concordance Day? Is there a New Republic Day, and you know what are the traditions there and all that? Uh, mm-hmm. For me, this goes to this. I think big question floating over Star Wars that I think right now. To to our knowledge of the existing projects, Leslie Headlands is the only one that has this possibility of we're going to disconnect from anything major and, and it, it it can still have great Star Wars themes. There's you know so many different ideas in Star Wars to pick from, so it can still be meaningful and tell a story, but it is just going to be this standalone story. And, you know, right now we're in this weird place where some people I think are really hungry for let's just spend some time in this little world and other people are, really want a big epic story and they want it to move forward we're just seeing that constantly in the discussion of uh, of mandalorian and i'm in the camp of as long as like you said as long as there's some depth as long as there's some characters that we care about and and the stakes are through the roof for the characters that we're watching then i'd be happy to see some kind of smaller moments some smaller stories like a pod race um you know, is there a story of somebody who just really needs to win the pod race? You know, Anakin needed to win it to help Qui-Gon. Do they need it for their family? Do they need it for their, you know, identity? Do they need it to escape something? You know, the way Solo, you know, has needed to win to escape kind of thing. Uh, and you know, maybe it's set in a uh, pod race uh, during the New Republic when uh, they're supposed to be illegal. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a fun yeah. story. I'd love that. I'd love, uh, you know, a story of a just a single planet facing some crisis uh, during a holiday and you could just make it up now. And maybe it's just that, that planet's culture, you know, cause I think 
Star Wars excels at that idea of there are many different cultures. I mean, look at the the Akiaki Festival of Ancestors. That was a great kind of oh, holiday yeah. event that we'd like to see. And I think there's so much room to in, invent new things. Um, I think there's there's some room to also riff on um, not I, I do not want a reality show parody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But something that inside Star Wars that is that kind of thing like there is a competition to land a job. There's that competition to get to the next level, uh, right. you know, be it whether it be bounty hunting or racing. I, that's that Star Wars, uh, the Han Solo five issue comic uh, yeah. was about like this famous race that Han's like, ah, I know I should be doing stuff for the rebellion, but I want to do that race. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually, yeah. I didn't mind that series either. It, yeah. Yeah. I really it liked little- it. Cause I think there's just, I mean, it's a, a possibility to play around with, some other pockets of the galaxy and there's something intrinsic i think about winning a competition that can get into great uh coming of age stories or i don't actually care about the competition but i need to win the competition to you know prove something or save someone i think is can be really high stake storytelling so you heard it here folks joseph wants the real jedi apprentices of course and um, <laughs> you know i i want the bounty hunter's spelling bee i want something weird <laughs> I, I would like that um or just uh that that protocol droid on uh navarro teaching class just uh teaching the history of uh the galaxy yeah I'm, yeah the, the point is though i i think uh in the spirit of ian's question i i i have said it before said again that's what that's why you, you tossed it my way joseph but just there's a lot of little corners of the galaxy to just crawl in and have fun, just kind of uh, going over what we already know and just giving you different insights or just having fun with uh, the small details that don't necessarily need to be attached to the bigger themes and things in Star Wars. Yep, exactly. And there's always room to create stuff. You know, there's there could be just a huge amount of important information that we don't know about pod races that a new show could create, and that'd be really fun. And we get the offspring of Rats Tyrell trying to get revenge in a pod. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the revenge of Rats Jr. is there. There's the winner for me. That's the one I want. Uh, all right, we'll move on to our next question from Connor of House Targaryen. Uh, here, are you? Your House Targaryen, right, Ken? Is that are you or are you more a Stark? If you're going to be I'm in a house, house, if I'm going to be in a house, it's Mormon. But I'm, 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 I'm. Ta- I take the black and I go to Night's Watch every time. You go to Night's Watch, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's. I'm just influenced by uh, your Targaryen drinking glass. That's true. I do love fire in my glass. <laughs> uh, all right. The question from Connor of House Targaryen: What do you think the child's first word or sentence will be, and will it be like the way Yoda talks, object, subject, verb? Uh, what are you thinking? This is, I had to sneak this one in because any week we could get the answer to this question. <laughs> You're right. Um, I don't know about if it's going to be the way Yoda talks. Cause quite frankly, we don't know if that's how Yaddle talks. So I don't know. I'll, I'll remain open on that. But I think Joseph, it's quite clear what his first uh, sentence is going to be. It's power, unlimited power. <laughs> yes, I think absolutely. Uh, I think that his first speaking is going to be a word i just feel like uh you know mandalorian right now is a show that that prefers a sort of minimal stripped down uh storytelling one sentence is saying a lot uh so i feel like one word will be even more powerful Uh, there's a couple times where uh grogu has has said a little noise because he's so noisy this season and i love it that i swear sounded like batu i don't think he actually said batu or i think there would be a million 
you know, think pieces. It's I, I watch all the episodes with the subtitles on. He's never been subtitled as saying Batu. <laughs> but there's something, there's a noise he makes that sounds like Batu. And I've, I've had that way. Wait, did he just say his first word? And it was basically go to Disneyland? Yeah, yeah. to the gift shop on Batu, we shall go. <laughs> yeah, savvies. Um, I think my actual guesses are uh, either no or Mando. Oh, man, just say Mando. Um, and then Grief Carga goes, he said Mando. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it might just be as straightforward as, as father, dad, daddy. I don't know. I mean, it, it, if done right, that wouldn't be cheesy to me. It would be a real heartstring pull. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they have demonstrated that they can pull it off. So I think father, uh, you know, might be it. Uh, you know, I think... There's something about Mando to me, of like he's heard people call him that. So there is a little bit of that repetition. And, you know, if it was set up right, it could be a real moment of choice. You know, I, I don't think it'd be as literal as like, all right, kid, here are two flashcards, Jedi <laughs> or Mandalorian, which do you choose? And he's like, Mando. But I think it was set up right. It could have that spirit of that sounds like he's making a choice. No yeah. is, I think, just what I instinctively go toward because... Mm-hmm. I think as his story is developing, it is definitely the cost of the way. It's definitely the the danger that this poor, traumatized little guy is seeing lots of violence and, and people are doing violence uh, to him. So it, it makes sense for him to to reach out. And uh, and that would be a bittersweet first word, right? If he if he stops yeah. something bad from happening. But, you know, that's not the most uh, flowing and optimistic and Jedi-like first word to just say no. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look, my first word was light. So maybe, maybe he'll go to the dark side. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, but I think you're right. Uh, Connor of House Targaryen. I, I, I think we're, I think we're there. I think we're getting there. Uh, we got two episodes left, but I, I think we'll hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or eat. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Or eggs. He just says eggs. And then we have a whole round of new controversy. To talk about. Oh boy. Well, maybe he'll at least say suka. There you go. Oh, I'd love that. He picked up some words from the Jawas. All right, we're going to move on to our questions from Patreon. Uh, here's from Will Culbertson. Will uh, has uh, some, as we uh, encourage our patrons to do, uh, some deeper thoughts. So this is one's a little bit longer. Here's what Will has to say. With the stories of the High Republic coming closer every day, it got me thinking. Do you think there has ever been a Zilkin like Mieber Gascon or an Anzellan like Babu Frick that has been trained as a Jedi? And if so... Do you think they would have been able to build and use a lightsaber in some capacity or would their training and skill sets be limited to only force related exercises? It seems to me that even without the use of a lightsaber, these diminutive creatures could be very useful to Jedi Order acting as healers, teachers, mechanics and spies rather than the traditional peacekeepers. But I could also see the Jedi having a rule that says that if you aren't big enough to wield a lightsaber, then we cannot train you as a Jedi this would track along the same lines as their rules around being too old to begin the training. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. So, Ken, what are your thoughts on, uh, we certainly have uh, Yoda and Yaddle, and perhaps now someday Grogu as diminutive creatures, but there are even more diminutive creatures in Star Wars. Do you think that they uh, are Jedi? I, I think it's I think it's possible. And Will, you, you know, I love that you tossed in at the end. It's just, you know, hey, too old to begin the training. Like, they have... They have some kind of rules, written or otherwise. There's some thoughts on what you can, <laughs> you must be, I should say, to, to get trained. I Size matters not, right? All right, I get that. But, you know, as an organization, 
you know, there's sometimes there are some uh, side standards uh, out there, uh, you know, but I don't, I just don't think the Jedi would turn away someone, not just willing, but someone, you know, powerful in the force, not necessarily chosen one powerful, but you know, got the touch, man. Yeah. They got the touch. <laughs> they got the power. So if it's a little, a uh, little, uh, and you know, maybe, yeah, maybe he has, maybe he, he, he or she, or they have a, have a lightsaber, uh, that's tiny and it's cute. And maybe, yeah, they probably can't use it in a battle, but exactly what Will's saying. There's a lot that makes that Jedi temple run. We all make uh, jokes about a librarian, uh, and we do uh, have an affinity for Jocasta New here. So mm-hmm. I I could see, um, you know, maintenance, Jedi maintenance. Those ships don't fix themselves. And if you got someone in the force and you're you're part of the bigger story and you be the best Jedi starfighter mechanic that you can and use the force to help find the problems. I, it works for me. And then you could have a story where then they do get in the fight or involved in some bigger way than expected. And that's kind of a lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely do have some rules as Will points out. I feel like too old to begin the training is an emotional rule, right? Because it is about uh, attachment. And I feel like the Jedi at their best, maybe they've had some moments where uh, they're not at their best, certainly, but I think the Jedi at their best would really believe size doesn't matter. Uh, and that the, you know, not, you know, having to be a specific size to be a Jedi uh, doesn't feel to me in the spirit of the Jedi. I, I could see a story where, you know, because we see sometimes Jedi being, you know, uh, not living up <laughs> to their mm-hmm. ideals uh, and certainly, believing that all creatures have value, but really rolling their eyes at uh, at Jar Jar and being a little mm-hmm. pompous and all that. So I could see some Jedi being like, yeah, this is going to be a challenge. But I could see like a, a great Yoda story where it's like, uh, absolutely, they are they are strong in the Force. They are, you know, serious-minded and committed, uh, but they're going to have a really different journey. And, you know, they they need to go basically... On the Kyber journey, they need to find a crystal or a shard of a crystal that speaks to them, but maybe they don't build a lightsaber. Maybe they build something else that holds the symbolic weight of a lightsaber. But, you know, I think that's the, to me, that's the kind of flexibility that I think is beneficial to the Jedi to say, we have the wisdom to know which parts of our wisdom are important and what a light, what the journey to find a Kyber crystal symbolizes, what constructing a weapon or a tool that is an extension of, of who you are and what the Jedi believe that is necessary, but exactly what shape that that takes is a wonderful place for flexibility. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be that kind of storytelling would be more in line with some of the, the bigger themes of star Wars. It would, it would be powerful if done right. Uh, so, you know, Mibra Gascon, I have a weird relationship with Mibra Gascon. I uh, can't wait till you and I get to rewatch those episodes of the Clone Wars Report. And I think it's changed over the years. It's softened over the years. Um, and uh, I'd be interested in, in in exploring that. Yeah, I haven't watched them in a little while, but I think some of these issues really are at the heart of there's, you know, some, there are some people judging Mieber and Mieber's saying like, no, I have value and I'm going to show it, damn it. And you said Jedi, Jedi kind of working at the best Jedi at the top of their game as an order um, versus being lost in some of the narrow dogmatic views, not in the, the way Palpatine means it, but just in the way that uh, the story kind of uh, showed they, they've 
fallen a bit on their own. Um, I think at the at the height of the game, which is maybe the High Republic will introduce a, a Zilkin Jedi. Oh, that would be Zebra Gascon. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if uh, Ty uh, Yorick is a saber for hire, it would be great uh, to see uh, a little Anzellan, yeah, being a, a spy for hire, a force sensitive spy for hire. Yep, that'd be awesome. Uh, our final question is also a, a, a deep thought. Uh, so buckle up, Ken. Uh, this comes to us from Adam Knight. I think it's a really important question, uh, and I think it's really heartfelt uh, from Adam. It is uh, lightly edited from what Adam uh, uh, shared with us, uh, just to mm-hmm. sort of condense it a little bit. Uh, so thank you for your understanding on that, Adam. Here we go. Lately, it started to really get my goat when I see fractured levels of fandom. Obviously, as has been discussed in great length, this type of uh, tribalism and fractured discourse, primarily online on social media, is not a Star Wars exclusive problem, but it is one that is beginning to wear me down. I mean, I get it. Star Wars is 40 plus years old. Four generations of people have now experienced this franchise in all of its multitude of forms and formats. There are flaws and questionable decisions, issues with the special editions, the prequelism problems, the holiday special hate, and so much more. Up until now, though, for Star Wars fans, and I mean us, the ones who do the deep dives into canon themes, the Jedi philosophies, and more, there wasn't so much internal strife. We could celebrate Star Wars for what we got out of it, leaving behind that which we did not. I mean, back in the early 2000s, if I mentioned how much I enjoyed most of the Yuuzhan Vong expanded universe stories, no one would have called me stupid or not a real fan. But now... If I mention to some of my friends how great I think the sequel trilogy is, the level of vitriol I sometimes get about those Disney abominations feels akin to the sour pit in my stomach I get about, insert, recent political events. I mean, don't uh, remind these same angry fans that Rogue One, The Mandalorian, and Rebels only exist because Disney bought Lucasfilm. Sure, there have been some creative hiccups. Some of the new movies are inconsistent. And yes, some decisions were clearly made late in the process or on the fly, even at times. But so what? That's the creative process. Heck, that's Star Wars to its core in many ways, i.e. into the garbage chute, flyboy. So I guess if I have to simmer this soup down to the base roots of a question, I suppose it's this. How do we remain positive in the face of such negativity? Thanks all. Sorry to be a downer. Uh, I kept Adam's end of sorry to be a downer. I wanted to make sure to share that because, Adam, I don't think uh, you're being a downer. You're expressing uh, your point of view. And I think there's some specificity in Adam's point of view and Adam's experience. But I think this is an example where uh, we get the universal through the specific that a lot of us are feeling worn down by the 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 kind of discourse that there is about Star Wars. I think you and I, Ken, have been feeling uh, a little bit worn down. So I thought... Adam's uh, experiences in question were it's really the right time for us to to take a, a look we've certainly discussed some of this before but I think now is a good time to to re-examine so what are your initial thoughts it's so funny my initial thoughts are, and I'm like I'm nodding I'm nodding I'm right there with you yeah I, I've said I don't like to use on Vogue but you do okay great I can I can have let's let's just start from point of loving Star Wars and then I start thinking about things in my own life things I'm seeing online or things I'm trying to avoid online. And I start arguing with no one. I'm just, I'm listening to you read this, Joseph going, yeah, but I got to tell you what, if that one person says something like that and I'm like, Oh, there again, there, 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 there we go. And so that to me shows me that I need, I need to take care of myself first, not, not in in an egocentric way, but literally actually hold up the mirror and, and look at me and go, what are you bringing to the table to make it better? 
Um, it, it's easy to choose joy. You and I talked about that. I think you actually said that quote uh, last year. I choose joy. And uh, someone actually tweeted that out to us uh, last week. And that's uh, that's easier said than done at times. Yes. Uh, you have to uh, acknowledge. And there, there's some non-negotiable thoughts I have on Star Wars. And you and I are in the business of broadcasting, which means to do it best, you sometimes have to say, I, you know, it is not, I think it is, you know, and, and I don't, you and I find, I, I think we work really hard to, even though we're pretty strong about some certain thoughts about Star Wars and you and I have edges that are different uh, in terms of some little moments or scenes or characters or what we take out of it, but to always make sure the table here at Force Center is big and wide and we want uh, many, many people to come to it and, and uh, we choose how we phrase it. And so that's one way I think you and I keep our house in order. Um, and that's where I start. Just listening, listening to this. I, I start with myself. How do I make it better every day? Yeah. I mean, and that, and that I think is a, a great thing of we, we have to always focus on what we can control. And that is ourselves. Um, I think one of the things that's been wearing me down when I look at the recent uh, Star Wars conversations is the, comparison game of you mm -hmm. can't comp uh, of people feeling the need to criticize one thing to compliment another um and i don't mind if that's for me i don't mind if that's in like a uh, critical you know discourse if somebody writes you know a, a thoughtful blog post about comparing the mandalorian to the sequel trilogy i'm not saying don't be you know critical don't share your opinion but i think i'm seeing so many you know article titles um, or random tweets that are that that are playing that comparison game in a way that is saying something in the most incendiary way possible uh, mm -hmm. for that short-term value of a click. Uh, you know, so I think that comparison game is what's weighing me down. It, it's not about people having different opinions. It's about you can just celebrate the Mandalorian without saying <laughs> it's proof that any other part of Star Wars is awful, you know, and, and, and vice versa. Um, I, so I, I think about that a lot because that's the, the one that's really um, eating at me now and, <laughs> and threatening my joy. Um, I think, I think one of the most valuable, simple yet really complex analogies of star wars is just the dark side you know we watch this great space opera and it becomes about you know war and control of planets in your soul and you know can you become one with the cosmic force but the truth is like we we, we have that choice uh you know at the grocery store and online every day of you know we can give into the dark side just stating our opinion in an angry defiant way feels really good for a moment but it is the fast and easy path and I, I think that sort of that battle against the dark side is eternal you know Adam talks about in his life experience you know he used to have some better discourse and and I think you know interpersonally we, we probably did but like Pablo Hidalgo you know we'll talk a lot and screen post a lot about those early some of the early forums being nasty right I mean some of the yeah. things said about Ahsoka Tano uh, when she appeared were horrible right so that the dark side is always there but it does feel <laughs> it does feel a little bit more uh powerful right now because i think partially not even individuals but like uh websites are rewarded for choosing to yeah. express themselves using the dark side 
Content's rewarded. You mentioned like the the forums, without a doubt. Uh, your I don't want to even step on your joke, Joseph, but your joke about serving in the prequel wars <laughs> one of your best one of your best jokes, and you have uh, <laughs> oodles of great jokes. That's one uh, the one of the first ones I think I heard you say. It was like, oh yeah, this guy gets it. Uh, uh, yeah, we were there. Yeah, it was based off of a somebody you know sent me a tweet disagreeing with you know something I said about liking Star Wars you know uh, yeah and said you know I wish it was back like it was when George Lucas uh, <laughs> ran the franchise and, and nobody ever fought about it anything <laughs> just like what <laughs> no what? no I was there yeah. And hell, you can go back to Starlog letter, letters to the editors in '83 or something like that too. Um, I think, without doubt, it's it's something beyond the scope of Force Center here. That it's changed, and and I joke sometimes with some uh, uh, folks that I've worked with in the industry of just like sometimes I, not I, just me, but like the group, a group of us just kind of feel almost responsible that things that used to be fun. Um, that were approached with fun, whether it be a show like movie fights, whether it's a conversation podcast. Uh, when I was on Schmoes, no, and I used to do the news segments, which were intentionally kind of snarky and kind of like news character. And even when, when I first started doing Jedi Alliance with Mont Garrett, there was this kind of like, Hey, we all love this thing, but there's, let's poke some fun at some of the things of it here. Or let's do this and that. And there's some, Hey, I learned that, okay, more people love the prequels than I thought. I should, I should respect that. That was one thing. But then things, no one's fault. No one's, no one's fault on, on the shows. No one's fault in the audience. But sometimes it started to get taken so seriously. And I do remember around 25, 20, 2015, 2016 of just kind of going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is like, you're all taking it too seriously, which doesn't mean we can't take it seriously. You and I take, Deep themes in Mirror Gascon story. Seriously, I've been moved to tears discussing Star Wars. I will continue to feel that, but sometimes I, I, I've had to like I can no longer say uh, you know some of the stuff in Canto Bite's not my favorite because that means I've taken a stand for or against something, <laughs> and and that's what's changed for me. And I don't know how to fight that, Adam. I don't know how to fight that other than keep my house clean as best as possible. Yeah. I, I think there is a little bit of a, from my perspective, a, a fundamental shift in our cultural relationship with pop culture things. Uh, there, I, you know, I remember, you know, being mad at people because they were, you know, so uh, angry at the prequels and so repetitive in, in their criticisms of them. And, and I had criticisms, you know, but then even going back to, you know, original trilogy, there there was this window where you you could really poke fun at star Wars. You could make jokes about, you know, stormtroopers missing every shot and uh, Luke and Leia suddenly being siblings, even though they kissed uh, <laughs> in the previous yeah. films in, there was a sort of understanding that we are poking fun at a thing that we overall love, or like, it's a fun thing to make fun of Darth Vader's terrible management that, you know, he, he never uh, gets a, a, an underling to do a better job. He just kills him. It's, and it was a fun joke. And I think that there is a fundamental shift where it's not good. It's not bad. It just is the truth that culture shifts and changes that I think more of us are, are attaching our identity to specific opinions. Like, I mean, people's, people's blogs or not blogs, but bios on social media are, I, you know, this is my job. <laughs> this is, these are the members of my family. And this is the relationship that I think is important in Star Wars, or this is the trilogy that I think is important in Star Wars that at least online, 
you know, it's it's gotten heightened because I think people are choosing to make it a part of their identity. So then when you make mm-hmm. a joke, it, it doesn't feel like playfully poking fun at one element of something we all love. I think people are reacting strongly because they, they feel challenged on their identity. And and I have slipped into that because I really sure. like the sequel trilogy. I think it's, you know, really moving, I think. And in all the big, important ways, I think all three films connect. So I, I get so frustrated when I see the like, well, of course, we all know that it's just a, a garbage that they didn't plan ahead of time because it feels like it's it's not just sharing an opinion that it's that it's hurting a part of myself, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. where your point about, you know, keeping your own house clean is really important to just go, take a deep breath and just say, I my fandom is mine. And I get to believe and like what I like and other people get to go about uh, their business. And I, and I need to not be tempted to the dark side myself so that I exacerbate the, the cycle of not having fun discussions, but attacking one another online over our, our favorites. Yeah, and always checking yourself. I, I Force Center Patreon supporters have access to the Discord where occasionally because it's I've just woken up and I'm having a cup of coffee and I see something, I'll, I'll post a, a comment in there that's a little bit more snarky or, or, or mean-spirited than I intended to be. And sometimes I have to go back and apologize or guys are just removed because I'm just like, I don't, I hate scoop culture. Hate it. And I'm, so you catch me in the wrong mood when I haven't finished that coffee, Joseph, I'm going to be like, screw it drives me crazy and I'm going to say it and then I have to realize, you know what, what is it, what's it, what does it take away from me that that exists? Nothing. <laughs> if I don't engage with it, it, it takes me, it takes nothing away from me. Um, so it's okay to admit that too, Adam. And it's okay to, I think uh, you, you mentioned it too, Joseph, we're hearing a lot from a lot of people in the star Wars world. And again, it is so not just <laughs> star Wars. It is so not star Wars, but regards to star Wars, because this is force center broadcasting from the center of this galaxy. Uh, I, a lot of people are exhausted. Exhausted is the word that keeps coming up. Um, I feel I strong. You, you, you know more than anyone, Joseph, because you and I have off-air conversations before we press record on the three areas uh, we record on the three buttons I have to press. I love Mandalorian. I love this show. I get excited every Thursday night about eleven p.m. when I'm like, ooh, about one more hour to Mando. I, I'm excited, and then come the morning. When you get you and I get to record, I find myself going, yeah, but that that was stupid. Yeah, but that's not better than, ah, God, I hated that actor. Because I find myself defensive, defensive because I've seen other people's opinions or tweets, everything. And I become a broken record every week almost on the shows because I have to work like, where was that? That joy was there. <laughs> why did I, why did I choose to kick dirt on my own joy? Yeah. Uh, and I've got to, I got to be better at that. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think uh, reattaching to to your our own joy is the the ultimate answer to I think uh, Adam's great question of how to remain positive in the face of such negativity is you know trying to seek out you know uh, places that celebrate um, you know or, or you know if you really like a certain part of Star Wars and you find a podcast that really likes that and focuses on that I think it's fine to just seek out like where's where's the community that celebrates the part of this that I love. Uh, but I think also, yeah, just uh, I think of it as like for myself is find your Star Wars anchor of what helps you just reconnect to it's your fandom. And it's it's great fun to have this community. But if you're finding moments where the community is actually, you know, invading, 
your fandom. Like if like it sounded like for you, if the Mandalorian was coming out in 1997 and it was like mm-hmm. you're like, what even is an Internet forum? Yeah. You would just enjoy it. Right. So I, I, that's what I try to do of like. You know, that's kind of at this beginning of this episode, I was talking about just looking at the action figures and just like, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, it seemed like Boba Fett was, uh, was you know, relatively well received, but there's still some like back and forth about that. And then there's that weird back and forth of like, I love Boba Fett. Now I have to look at an article saying this appearance of Boba Fett proves that all these other parts of Star Wars I like are crap, you know? And it, it builds up to like, I can't even agree with someone about liking something without it also suddenly turning into a but this other thing sucks uh that for me like just going back to an anchor moment of just like i got to see boba fett after all these years and in the way i celebrate one of my star wars anchors is an action figure so like i'm just i'm gonna focus on that i'm gonna choose that i'm gonna reconnect to my fandom and remind myself that that my fandom is not determined by anybody else's uh preferences it can be informed by i can learn from other people i can you know learn that oh wow that that part of star wars that i didn't think was great is from this point of view or this part of star wars is is a bummer for people because of this i can i can get those things from community and i want to but also if it's just becoming overwhelming i can just say boba fett's back and i'm gonna buy myself an action figure because those are my anchors (laughs) Yeah, when you were telling that in Star Wars Adventures, I experienced that joy uh, in the, it's probably the same way you do, where I'm going to the store to pick up, you know, rice, potatoes, and salad, and uh, lettuce to make a salad. And I, I, I make that trip to the toy aisle just because when I turn the corner, there's a weird, fun anticipation of what I might find because I love this silly little space movie. And just like Joseph saying, Adam, I think if we all connect to those moments, and I believe in... Really, really, you know, uh, believe in taking care of yourself if you have to disengage from social media. I, I, I don't. I, I try not to say this, um, like, uh, oh, I'm above it all, but I, I'm just not. Part, I'm not part of Star Wars Twitter. I, I not just that I've muted the words. I don't get involved in the conversations. Some of the drama, and there's always drama. I'll have to. I'll. I'll reach out to a friend of ours or something that's in the. Like, what's going on? Who, who's mad at who now? What's going and And that's not done because I'm not part of it or don't enjoy those con- the content or the articles or anything that other, other people put out. I just had to mentally pull myself out of that kind of stuff to preserve the joy in, in an easier way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, find a place where there is joy or if you're feeling like everywhere you look, the, even the joy is mixed with negativity. I think it is totally fine to take a break. Um and then yeah. I think you you touched on this, Ken, and I know I've said this here before, but I just I think about it a lot. And I think it, it, it's something that means a lot to me is that th- there is an important and essential difference between subjective and objective. And we've got some objective measurements. We can uh, measure box office or, you know, millions of viewers. We can uh, measure, you know, money of toy sales. All there's There's some objective, but for the most part. That objective is still just a reflection of the subjective, which is, yeah. did you enjoy it? Did this art speak to you and why? And I think uh, I think there's a large cultural issue with that, in my opinion, where uh, for the sake of uh, clarity or strong writing, if you're if you're writing criticism, you say this was a flawed script. This was a bad performance uh, because that's clear and strong. Um, for the sake of of things that are meant to be fun, uh, you know, like movie fights or joking with friends at a bar, it's 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 a better joke to say 
Boba Fett's an idiot and he went out like a chump. It, it, that's stronger uh, way to speak, e- even when you're just trying to be an entertainer. But I think for me, the truth is, I believe it is better for all of us when we say our opinions as opinions. Because saying Boba Fett's appearance didn't work for me, ask somebody else to go, why? And it opens a door to conversation. But saying Boba Fett sucked and he's always sucked slams a door on conversation. And then there's there's no possibility of doing what I think art is in on some ways meant to do, which is it's a reflection of the creators, but then we, the viewers, bring our own life and our own experiences to it. And mm-hmm. being able to open that door and say, you know, I don't mind if somebody really doesn't like uh, a part of Star Wars I like, as long as they can say, I don't like it. And let me tell you what I brought to the movie and why I don't like it and why it didn't work for me. I I love that. Mm-hmm. What I have just such a problem with is statements of cold, hard facts on something that, in my opinion, cannot be a fact. Art is subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, like like you said earlier too, we 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 probably fail every day. <laughs> you and I. I I know we do. I can hear it when I slip out slip out and actually accidentally say something yeah. as like solid yeah, fact, but I try not to. Yeah, some of the conversations I think are dishonest. I think some of them are just uh, not just in the clickbait, but even on a you know even text messages I get from friends or something. It's just like uh, you you just you're trying to win a debate here, and you're not engaging with what's been presented to you, and that's how I choose to watch it. But. Um, you, you have to just manage it every day. I went to bed last night angry because uh, I, I do that kind of notification clearing towards the end of the day, right? Checked in on Facebook and someone put uh, that Forbes article out that's going around and uh, I didn't even need to click on it. Didn't want to click on it. I muted those two friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that's the best tactic. Um, they're not close, close friends. So I don't see them. But I went to bed arguing with a force ghost. Like, I don't know. I was arguing in my pillow to my pillow is screaming at my pillow. Mandalorian last two episodes are not better than the movies. Da, 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 da. To what end a bad night of sleep. I don't want to do that to myself. Right. Yeah. And also it's just like, I think ultimately like the Forbes one is what I've mentioned a couple of times. Clickbait that Forbes one of like, I, what was the title? Like proves the a big mistake or the, the, the last two episodes of Mandalorian are better than the five previous star Wars films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A, you know, subjectivity, <laughs> better to who uh, and why and what were their life experiences. And then I think trying to take a step back and, and have a little bit of sense of humor also, uh, the Mandalorian and the sequel trilogy are not going to be playing football. You don't have to pick one. They're, they, they, they don't need, there doesn't need to be a winner. What What on God's green earth do any of us get out of there being a winner. Now, if Kathleen Kennedy herself went on Twitter and said, we're deciding what kind of Star Wars to make, hit a button to vote, fine. Because then it determines what kind of Star Wars there's going to be. But for some Star Wars that already exists, why does one need to win? What does anyone get out of that? Yeah. Nothing. (laughs) Less friends. (laughs) (laughs) While that's not always a bad thing, uh, human connection is an important thing. And, and, and it's it is tough. It's tough. Yeah, but I mean, we can do a whole episode of of not which one is is better. We can do a whole episode of uh, the Mandalorian season one and two play football against the sequel trilogy. Imagine how that could happen and who might win, and try to have some fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the winner faces the prequels in a surprise battle. In a steel <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. And look, final note, there's no secret. It's uh, we, we choose how we try to discuss these things. Uh, not gonna lie over the years, we've been doing this five years now, every so often someone, someone writes us and be like, man, sometimes I wish you would just be more, more grumpy or you can't love everything. And it's like, the answer is no, we don't love everything. And the answer is sometimes things on screen do make us a little grumpy or make us think a little deeper. And, and we do just find ways to discuss that. We choose how we discuss it to, to Joseph's point. We just, um, we just want to make sure that everyone can come here and they might completely dis- disagree with things. I have conversations with folks all the time. I love Rogue One. You don't love Rogue One. That, 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 that we are still going to shake hands and get through life together because we have to. And that's why we at Force Center choose as best we can. We are human. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are flawed humans, but we choose how we want to discuss our Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. There's the uh, great Qui-Gon quote in Master and Apprentice, right? About he chooses the light because it's there. And, and I think that is the, the great challenge of, uh, of Star Wars characters. That's the great challenge of humanity of, you know, it's fine to have different opinions. We should have different opinions because we're different people with different life experiences. Uh, but we can choose to try to go toward the light in the way we express them is the thing that I'm trying to keep in mind. Yeah. So Adam, you're not a downer. You're not a downer at all. We're all in this together. Yeah. Just trying to love Star Wars. Exactly. So those are our questions. Great ones uh, from Adam, from Will, from Ian, and uh, Connor of House Targaryen. Those are the questions in our news and cues. So the cues are taken care of, Ken. There you go. The cues are taken care of. Don't discuss Star Wars like a Targaryen with fire and blood. All right. Try to approach a little differently. Uh, uh, thank you, Connor, for your Game of Thrones reference. I appreciate that. On Twitter, you can find us at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram, Facebook as our uh, face, f- Facebook page there. Uh, like it at Force Center Podcast. We're on YouTube. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music now. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, always looking for new patrons a uh, lot uh, the next few days. Uh, I think uh, the Mando report brings in some new ears. So if you're relatively new to the show, we, we really appreciate you all. And you can support us again, like directly, uh, I, I said, at, at Patreon. But also we just appreciate you. Coming on board, spreading the word, and telling a friend about Force Center. And saw we saw a lot of you actually do that this weekend on Twitter, and we appreciate it. We have our own things uh, as well uh, at Cadnapsock at cadnapsock.com. Uh, we are uh, trying to highlight little charities, things that mean uh, something to us. And I want to highlight one I had mentioned again. Yeah, we mentioned House Targaryen. Maybe think about this one. Uh, I am um, watching and, and hoping to get more involved with Same You, which is the a group dedicated to brain injury recovery, championed and created by Amelia Clark of House Targaryen herself. As mm-hmm. a lot of people know, she suffered a traumatic brain injury after season one of Game of Thrones, filmed season two, unbeknownst to all of us with that and something she still deals with. So she started Same You. And we have a, a couple of, of listeners uh, who um, have suffered brain injuries in this charity's something they brought to my attention, Thomas Risling and Donald Long. I appreciate that. So highlight as well. You can uh, go to uh, the link is actually a uh, link tree, uh, link tree 
uh, slash same you and get more information or just look it up online. Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for uh, comedy albums, my other podcast, Obsessed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the website is josephscrimshaw.com. And the thing I'd like to highlight today is there is a GoFundMe uh, that you can just go to GoFundMe and search for uh, Navajo and Hopi families. Uh, there are some uh, First Nations communities that are being uh, struck particularly bad uh, by COVID-19. And this is a relief fund. So if you'd like to help out again, Again, you can go to GoFundMe and search for Navajo and Hopi families. Absolutely, do it. Uh, get part, plug in to the larger world. Uh, that is part of the Star Wars message as well. That is it for this week. So, for all of you, ask questions for George Lucas and his retirement plans. We'll see you next time. Thanks.